up here. So yes, I was using my iPad to do that. So I hope I win. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and get into our message for tonight, and we're going to be starting our new series, uh, the Romans 8:28 man. So Jacob, you can come on up, brother, and uh, he's going to read the scripture for us this this evening. We're going to be in Romans 8:28. So if you would uh, take your Bible and turn over there, we're going to read uh, Romans 8, 28 and verse 29 as well. And uh, we'll be uh, starting this series tonight with a message on Romans 8, 28. So Brother Jacob, if you want to read that. And if you didn't know, the passage is Romans 8, 28. And it says, And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your stay. Thank you for allowing us to meet, whether it be online or just in all, because some people around the world can't. I just pray that you bless it, that you give pastor the wisdom and the words to speak. I pray that uh, we really get blessed out of his message and that you just hide him behind the cross, Lord. Pray that you just bless our church, that uh, you'd help us in those tough times, and in your name, amen. amen. Thank you, sir. Well, I thought what we would do this uh, evening is, before we get into the life of Joseph itself, that we would take a service, an evening, and look at Romans 8.28 and find out what it says. This is one of the more popular verses, one of the a more well-loved verses in all the Bible, but uh, unfortunately many times it's misunderstood, misapplied, misused, and uh, we want to take some time tonight to look at that before we really get into the life of Joseph to see um, what he really, uh, why this, why he was really the Romans 8.28 man, why he really uh, fit this verse. Now I think most of us have had times and things happen in our lives that we didn't like at the time, but after the fact, we look back, we see them as actual blessings in disguise. Uh, it sounds weird, but we actually become thankful for the trials or for the difficulty that we went through. It sounds kind of weird, but we actually get to the point where we're like, Lord, thank you that you allowed that in my life because of this. Because now I see your wisdom and why you allowed that in my life. Uh, that's been the case for me many, many times, and I look back and say, I would not have chosen that, but I'm glad that God did allow me to go through that circumstance, through that trial, through that difficulty, because it did uh, help me out. And uh, uh, a lot of times, uh, these trials, these difficulties, these afflictions are actual blessings in disguise. Uh, I remember when I moved up to uh, Montana, uh, one of the things that I was kind of desperate for was any type of work. Uh, really, I did a lot of different things, and uh, one day I was uh, looking through some uh, some job listings, and I saw an opportunity to become a mascot, um, and uh, so I applied and and uh, and got the gig, and it turned out that I was going to be Tony the Tiger for a day, and so if you can put that photo up there, uh, Seth, and I showed this uh, a few weeks ago as we're going through the series on Magnify the Lord at Work, and I mentioned that I had a job as Tony the Tiger for uh, a day. And uh, so I was kind of the blessing in disguise there, okay? My disguise was Tony the Tiger, and I was quite the blessing. But no, this is a good example, though, of, of, our, of our trials. Uh, totally looks different, but, uh, but at the same time, uh, ends up becoming something that we weren't expecting. Uh, 
And, uh, and that's what trials and difficulties can be in our life. Uh, Winston Churchill, um, his ever-patient wife, told him uh, that losing the election immediately after the war might have been a blessing in disguise. Well, his response was, at the moment, it's certainly very well disguised. <laughs> he wasn't too happy about losing the election. But a few months later, he saw it differently. He said, I feel a great sense of relief. Others having to face the hideous problems of the aftermath. It all may indeed be a blessing in disguise. And so uh, it does sometimes take a lot of time for us to get to that point where we look back and say, okay, I see the wisdom and why God allowed that in my life. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And we're going to be looking at this verse uh, in particular, Romans 8.28. Uh, we'll allude to verse 29 as well as we go through this, but uh, we're going to go ahead and dissect this verse in order to get a better understanding of one of the most popular verses in the Bible. How many of you, well, there's not a lot of hands here, but, uh, but maybe you can put your hand up in the, in the comments, uh, but uh, how many of you went and enjoyed dissecting things in science class when you were in high school? I enjoyed that. My wife has a big thumbs down. She did not enjoy that one bit. I think she even got out of it. So, because um, she's a bad student. No, uh, <laughs> she just didn't like dissecting anything. And um, I took uh, anatomy, human anatomy, when I was in, uh, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, and we got to dissect a cat. We named her uh, Bertha. And so we dissected Bertha. Uh, and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to dissect Romans 8.28 and uh, look at the uh, different components of this verse and uh, find out what they mean and, and how they apply to our lives. So let's go ahead and dive into this verse. Uh, let me read it again. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in and look at this first phrase, and we know with, uh, and that's point number one, the confidence. The confidence. It says, And we know. And we know. Can I ask you this question? Do you know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose? Do you know that? Paul said, and we know, we have the confidence. We can trust that this is true, this is accurate. Do you have the confidence that God is able to do this, to make all things work together for good? And Paul had that confidence. He said, and we know. Do you know that? You see, this confidence comes from a trust in the character of God. You see, God is all-powerful. He is all-sovereign, and He is all-wise. Right. And uh, He also never lies. And when He says something in His Word, He means it. It's going to come to pass. As we mentioned uh, this morning, as Jesus promised what he was going to do, he was going to suffer, he was going to be slain, and he was going to be successful. Well, it all came to pass. And this verse is the same thing. God says he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Titus chapter 1, and verse number 2, the Bible says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So God can do anything. Well, he cannot lie because he's going to be true to his word. That's his character. He's going to be true. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. It is who he is. It's his nature to tell the truth, including Romans 8.28. Hebrews 6 and verse 18 says this, 
but I, but that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So it's impossible for God to lie. And when he says in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, the called according to his purpose. He's not going to lie when he says that. It's the truth. Do you have the confidence? Uh, Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So God's not going to fail us even in this promise here. Now God will keep his word including this verse. And that's why... Paul, as he writes the book of Romans, says, and we know. Do you have the confidence that this verse is true? Um, we see, first of all, the confidence. Then secondly, we see here the circumstances. Verse number 28, we know that all things work together for good. All things. These are the circumstances that uh, God allows to happen in our life. I'd just like to ask the question, okay, so how many things? Well, the word, the little word that starts with A and ends with all means all, okay? The word all means all, and that's all, all means. God has the power, the ability to work all things together for good. Does that include the good things that God entrusts to us, our families, our jobs, our material possessions, our talents and abilities? Yeah, all things. Well, does that include our problems and difficulties? Does it include losing a job or getting cancer or the death of a loved one? Yeah, all things. Does that include hurricanes, tsunamis, earthquakes, uh, naders, as we are in nader country, and other natural disasters? Yeah, all things. Does that include war and pestilence and starvation? All things. Does it include the COVID-19 pandemic? Does it include the fallout of this time, the loss of income, the financial upheaval, the uncertain future? All things. God is able to work all things together for good. You think about the life of Joseph, and we'll get into it uh, starting next time, but God was able to use all things in the life of Joseph. God was able to use the betrayal of his brothers. God then used his time as a slave in Potiphar's house. God then used the deception of Potiphar's wife when she lied about him. And then God even used his time in prison. Then the Lord used his time as second in command of Egypt to plan and prepare for a worldwide crisis. By the way, what we're going through right now is not the first time this world has ever gone through a time of crisis like this. Uh, Joseph was in basically command of the world uh, during a very, very difficult time, seven years of famine. So God used all things in the life of Joseph. And if you are a believer who loves the Lord, he will use all things in your life for good as well. These are the circumstances that God allows in our lives. Again, the things that the big things, the big monumental moments and the insignificant things that we don't think really matter. God is able to use all things to work together. These are the circumstances. 
But the number three here I want us to see in this verse, not only do we see our confidence, the confidence, or and then the circumstances, but I want us to see the cooperation. We know that all things work together for good. All things work together for good. I read about a little girl years ago who saw a little cocoon on the ground. And she stopped and took notice, and so she bent down and got a closer look. She noticed that it was kind of trembling and, and, and shaking a little bit. And she also got a little closer and saw that the little hole had formed in that cocoon. And she noticed that there was a little butterfly struggling to get out of this cocoon. Well, she felt sorry for that little butterfly and began to help that beautiful creature out of its cocoon. So she took her little fingers and began to make the hole a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger until the butterfly was free. Or she was excited and thought she had been very helpful, but the butterfly just kind of sat there outside of that cocoon. The little girl told her mom what had happened, and her mom told her that the butterfly would never fly. Because you see, the struggle of getting out of the cocoon was designed by God to strengthen the, wing, strengthen the wings of that butterfly so that it would be able to fly once it completed the struggle. That little girl didn't realize the struggle was part of the process to get the butterfly to be what God designed that butterfly to be and to do what God designed that butterfly to do. Now, you and I may be going through some times of struggle in our life, but it's like our cocoon that we need to get out of and we need to learn and get strength so that we're able to accomplish what God wants us and to be who God wants us to be. But God is able to use these things in our lives to make us stronger. God brings us through these times of struggle to strengthen us and to make us more mature. He does this so that we would become who He wants us to be, to be able to do what He calls us to do. James 1 in verse 2 says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, I don't know about you. That's not usually my first thing that I like to do. When I am going through a trial or something's not working out the way I want it to, I don't usually say, man, this is a wonderful thing. But yet, that's what God wants us to do. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Here's why we should do that. James says in verse number three, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now the word perfect here, it doesn't mean that you never sin and you never make a mistake. It means that you're mature. It gives the idea of, of getting, becoming more mature in the Lord. And so the reason that God allows many times these trials and afflictions and difficulties in our lives is to make us more mature, is to make us complete. Romans 5 and verse 3, Paul said this, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. You see, he gets to the point where, again, you look back over the, your life and say, I'm glad I went through that tribulation because it, it, worked the, it worked patience in my life and it worked uh, experience in my life and then that worked hope in my life. I'm actually grateful that I went through that because really that difficult time was a blessing in disguise. Now I want to stop and ask the question here, 
uh, in verse 28 here, it says, We know all things work together for good. What does this word good mean? All right, it must mean that God is working all things to get rid of all of my problems, and then I'll have perfect health, I'll become super wealthy, and have total family harmony. My life will be exactly the way I want it to be. That's what he means by good, right? Well, knowing me, you know that I'm being very sarcastic right now. No, that's not what it means. The Greek word for good is agathos, and it means benefit good well. For our real welfare, for the promotion of true piety, peace, and happiness in our hearts. When you read verse 29, it gives a little context on what good means. Verse 29 says, For who, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You see, God's desire for each of us is that we would be conformed in the image of Jesus Christ. That's the good that he's referring to in verse 28. Uh, see, God is able to use all things to conform us into the image of his Son. That's what he's doing here. So the trials and tribulations that we face in our lives are many times meant to shape us more into the image of Jesus Christ. So the things aren't always good, but he's able to work all things together for good. My mom passed away when I was only 21. She was a mere 44 years old. That wasn't a good thing. But God is able to use that thing that took place for good. That's the goodness of our God. That's his unbelievable power. It's kind of like baking a cake from scratch. Now, I'm not a baker. Uh, in fact, really, the only thing that I'm an expert at doing is uh, toast and cereal. I'm actually the expert cereal maker. I can pour a bowl of cereal and pour enough milk in there. I mean, I'm professional. I probably should have my own cooking show just to show you how much milk you should put in a bowl for your cereal. Uh, I would do really well on the Food Network with that show. Okay, probably not. Okay, the people are shaking my heads in the room. And you probably are at home too. But anyway, baking, uh, baking a cake from scratch. Most of the individual raw ingredients don't really taste all that good by themselves. I mean, if we were to... Uh, I mean, anyone want to eat a couple cups of flour by itself? I don't know that anyone would really want to do that. How about uh, some raw eggs? I imagine there might be a couple takers out there, but, but most people aren't usually into eating a bunch of raw eggs by themselves. What about a teaspoon of baking powder? No thanks. But look, when you get those ingredients in the hand of a skilled baker, those individual ingredients are combined in a way that results in very good things. Now, I know the COVID-19 pandemic is not good. It's a struggle. But God is bigger than COVID-19, and he can indeed bring about good things from this difficult situation. And he's already doing that. Many families are spending more time together. Many people have the time to be in God's word like we've been preaching about. Many, many, I mean, there are some good things that are happening. 
And see, this is what God is doing in our lives. Right now, you might be experiencing some of these bad-tasting individual ingredients in our lives. But guess what? You can be assured, as Paul says, you can know that a skillful, experienced God is combining that with other elements in your life and the lives of others to accomplish His good purposes. It's like, man, you get to that, that end result and that cake is delicious. When you get all these things that God is putting together and working it together for good, you look back and say, boy, that was a blessing in disguise. And this thought here about working together for good, it's, it's less about the good in our own minds and more about the good in God's mind. And the good here is not according to my definition of what good is, it's according to God's definition of what good is. And if it means suffering or struggle... So be it. Joseph, the main character in this series that we're going to be going through, understood that God had a plan and a purpose, and that the things he faced would cooperate to make him more like uh, Jesus Christ. Now, he didn't know Jesus at the time, but he knew that God had a plan and a purpose for these things that God, has allowed, God had allowed in his life. And so we see here the cooperation. And then number four, and last thought here for tonight, I do want to share with you number four, the condition. Verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them. And, and it usually stops there, right? Usually we, we, we kind of focus here on the beginning of the verse, and we forget the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse says, To them, who are the, uh, to, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, I know we're at the end of the message, or towards it, uh, but please don't tune me out yet. Because this is really the key to this whole verse. This verse reminds me a lot of Philippians 4.13, that it often gets taken out of context and misused. Remember, four, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The focus is usually on the first part of the verse, I can do all things. When really the focus of that verse is, uh, through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Um, we oftentimes people focus on the first part of this verse here in Romans 8.28 as well and not the rest of it. But uh, the rest of it is kind of the key to unlocking uh, the first part. This is not a universal promise for everyone. Romans 8.28 doesn't apply to everybody. As we saw earlier, there's no limit to all things, but there is a limit with regard to who the, whom the all things applies. Paul is not claiming here that life is going to work out for everyone regardless of their relationship with God. It's only a promise for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. All right, what does it mean to love God? We're told that the great first and great commandment is to love the Lord with our whole being, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, what does that look like? Jesus gives us the answer in John 14 and verse 15. He said this, if you love me, anybody in the room know the rest of it? Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. So this wonderful promise of Romans 8.28 is for those who are striving to love the Lord by being obedient to him. For those who are unwilling to obey God, then this promise does not apply to you, unfortunately. Oh, it could apply to you if you were to turn your ways and uh, become obedient to the Lord. 
So would you say, based on Jesus' definition of love, does this verse apply to you? Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Do you love God enough to obey him? Are you being obedient to the Lord in all the areas that you know of? Now, I know that no one's perfect in this, but are you striving to uh, love the Lord and be obedient to what he has called you to do? Or are there areas in which you're fighting God and not submitting to him? Well, if that's the case, then unfortunately, Romans 8.28, I don't know that you can claim that. Okay, what does it mean when he says to the to those who are the called according to his purpose. These are the ones who have been invited to a relationship with God and and have accepted that invitation. Have you accepted the invitation? Uh, He's invited you to a relationship with him. And we mentioned this morning the great lengths that Jesus went to to make that possible. Well, have you accepted that invitation? Are you the called according to his purpose? Oftentimes, uh, in these epistles, we find Christians being referred to as the called. I think uh, even at the beginning of this book here, I don't have this in my notes, but I think that this is uh, true here. Uh, Maybe not. Yes, verse 6 of Romans 1. Among whom also ye, I'm sorry, among whom ye, are. Let me see if I can read this properly here. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. There we go. I finally got it out. Uh, referring to Christians, these are the ones who God has called to salvation. And my friend, God is calling you to salvation. And if you have not received that invitation or accepted that invitation, I would encourage you to do that tonight. And so this is not for unbelievers. This is not, this promise of Romans eight twenty eight is not just for Every, uh, every person out there. No, this is only for the believers and the believers who are striving to love the Lord by being obedient to Him. This is the condition of this verse. This is the key to unlocking this powerful promise that God has given us. So we see here the confidence. We know if you're a believer who loves the Lord, I want to encourage you to have that confidence. Because God never fails. He keeps his word, including this verse. I want to encourage you about the circumstances. I know that there, the circumstances at the moment, for most people, are not swell. But God is able to use the uh, less than ideal circumstances to do some great things. He's able to use all things and the cooperation. He's able to work them together for good. And again, Not my definition of good, not your definition of good, but according to God's definition of good. And we need to trust that His will is better and His way is better. And the condition. Those who love God, those who are the called according to His purpose. Genesis chapter 50. What's Romans 8.28? What's an example of that verse in the Old Testament? Well, Genesis 50 and verse 20. This is uh, not, this is toward the end of uh, Joseph's life. Actually, it's not towards the end of his life. It's uh, it's right after he uh, reveals himself to his brother and, and brethren. And uh, he says in Genesis 50 and verse 20, it says, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. 
to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You know, Joseph was almost quoting Romans 8.28. He said, you know, I know that it was not my, my favorite thing, but God was able uh, to make it turn into good. God is able to do that with the situations that you and I face. And we'll look back at these uh, times of difficulty and challenges, maybe even in this scenario, and say, you know, in many ways, that was a blessing in disguise. Now, I know that there's, I'm not trying to minimize the, the, the pain that people are going through right now. I'm not trying to minimize any of the uh, real difficult things that people are having to uh, deal with at the moment. But I think for many people, they are going to look back, for those who love God and are, are believers, who, who are going to look back and say, you know, that was a blessing in disguise. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad the Lord uh, brought us through that. I, would, I didn't choose it. I didn't like it at the time. But, but God used it for good in my life to make me more like him. And that's really the thrust of Romans 8.28. Again, not, not so that I can get what I want, but so that I can... God can use these things to make me what I should be in his eyes and in his mind. Well, with that, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed tonight. Lord, thank you for your love for us.